Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 24 of The Informed Catholic, and this is going to be the 8th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Let me double check. Okay, hold on. Sometimes I get, sometimes I forget. Actually, yes, it's going to be the 8th Sunday of Ordinary Time, and this is the last Sunday of Ordinary Time. Um... We'll have Monday, then we're going to have Tuesday, and then Ash Wednesday. So we're going to be in Lent. And um, this is very important because I think we're, you know, I, I might have mentioned it before. Um, I've noticed even on YouTube, <clears throat> there's been a lot more talking now um, about fasting. And... Uh, the importance of Christian fasting, because um, I'm going to be serious. Ever since I converted to Catholicism many, many years ago, uh, 97, 98, um, folks, I'm going to tell you this. It, I have not had a good Lent. I have never, I mean, I, I would say a good Holy Lent. <clears throat> and the reason why is, is because we we don't have a culture of fasting. I mean, I can't believe it's even easy for Muslims. Maybe it might be slightly easier for Muslims because of their uh, of the culture, the home. Um, I mean, then again, not every Muslim fasts. Not every Muslim observes the fasting, but they, I would say, they do fast. And they do what they call a dry fast, meaning like they don't drink any water. And, you know, the only bad thing I've always heard, and this is I've heard from many Muslims, and um, is that after, like, when the sundown comes and they're permitted to eat, they go overboard. And that's not healthy for the body. Now, for a Christian fat, for a, a, a Christian fasting, the problem is, is that even the church... The leadership has lessened it. Like the idea of having two small meals that doesn't equal one meal. And then you have one meal. I mean, that's really not much of a fasting. But what they mean by is, I guess they say a small snack of some kind. But I've heard that, unfortunately, a lot of people don't even observe that. Because what happens is, is that you're, you're sort of like you're, blood sugar level is going to get hit, you know, is going to be given a shot and then you'll start to feel more hungry. And, and the problem is, is that it's not so much just the fasting. It's the fact that we don't live in a culture of prayerful fasting. Why are we fasting? Why do we do fasting? What is the purpose of Christian fasting? The purpose of Christian fasting is to um, encourage for us to pray, to really pray. And, And the problem is, is that I think the reason why we don't fast is because we don't pray and we don't have... We know we're not encouraged to pray. You know, 
we're not encouraging uh, the church to have a culture of prayer. And, and that's where the problem lies. You know, pr- fasting should force you to take that energy and to pray. To really pray. And that culture of prayer would encourage more for a culture of holiness. And we don't do that. You know, we, we give, you know, we don't, um, we talk about giving up chocolate. Okay, so what's that? What is that supposed to do? What is that supposed to do? Oh, I'm going to give up um, ice cream. What is that supposed to do? Okay, what are you not giving up? Okay, I mean, I've heard, you know, uh, maybe a shot of coffee would help, but it, it should not spike your blood sugar level. Uh, you shouldn't put any sugar in it at all uh, because the sugar is the glucose and that really hits the, the, your, your blood sugar level and it may cause you to, to get hungry. But the answer to that is I think I'm, gonna, I'm only going to try to have one cup of coffee in the morning and I'm not going to eat any, any breakfast. I'm really going to give it a shot to try to fast to fast as much as I can possibly can because it's going to be hard for the first couple of days and it should be hard. But I have been saying a prayer for my, to myself lately. It's kind of a combination of the Stations of the Cross a little bit with a little extra added to it. My Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God the Father, I adore you and I praise you for by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. I actually say it to myself throughout the day whenever I get a chance. It's hard because you're at work and, you know, you're around people. And uh, I got to deal with tourists, which is not easy. <clears throat> but you need, you need to pray. And I've been praying for my brother who's not a con- who has not converted yet. I've been praying for his conversion. My mom and I have been doing a novena to Our Lady. We've been doing a booklet, Favorite Novenas to Our Lady. We finished the, a uh, couple, about a while back, we just finished the, um, our a novena to Lourdes, and I just finished the, um, uh, the 33 days of consecration to uh, Morning Glory to Our Lady, which is a, a Louis de Montfort uh, consecration is 33 days. I'm going to do it again in the future. Also, um, there's a book I've been, I've been, um, looking at, uh, called, um, uh, a manual on deadly sin, basically and how to, how to approach it. Um, like lust, lust and gluttony are very much connected to each other. Because they're the sins of the flesh. Gluttony is more a venial sin because it's a sin against yourself. But also, it can uh, open up. Uh, it can also affect the sin of charity. Of like you're selfish for yourself, but you could hurt other people. You see, it becomes mortal sin when you hurt another person. When you deprive 
when you don't show love to the other person. Lust is a mortal sin because lust itself is not just a sin against yourself, but you're also sinning against another person. It's using the other person as an object. You are not a person to me, but you are something for me to use as pleasure. And you don't look at that person, which is, you know, why, example, rape, sexual molestation, sexual uh, child abuse. You see that other person as an object of pleasure. But <clears throat> it's also, you know, can lead to uh, overconsumption or wanting more and 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 wanting to hoard up like hoarding like person who keeps all the goods for himself and and doesn't get does doesn't doesn't give away to the poor that's that's a sin it's a, it's a, it's it's a sin against your soul but it's also a sin of harming another person which leads to what's called mortal sin and mortal sin is deadly sin because all you're thinking is me and you're not important to me. And I don't care if, it, if it's hurting you. And that's, <clears throat> that's very serious. It's, you know, it's, it's bad because it, it kills grace within you. It kills the image of God within you. But you also deny the image of God in the other person. You, you're hurting, you're saying, you're only actually what you're doing, you're spitting in the face of God. All right, and that's dangerous. <clears throat> so, um, you, we need to do this because it's another, uh, this is my own view. When we sin, and we keep sinning and we, we, we keep hurting. We are also adding that sin should multiply. The more sin is in the world, like notice now all the stuff about <clears throat> homosexuality, LGBTQ, transgenderism, um, denying that we were born the gender that God has given us. And it's increasing more sin. It seems like now there's more sins of the flesh. Our Lady said in Fatima that more souls go to hell because of sins of the flesh than anything else. And the sins of the flesh <clears throat> is sex, uh, overconsumption, gluttony, uh, food, drink, everything, because it leads to harming the soul, harming the soul within us. You see what I'm saying? It destroys the soul. It destroys our soul, destroys grace, and it harms other people. So we have our phones. I mean, for crying out loud, you can't get on any app, like social media app, without seeing something sexual. Um, Instagram, 
I'm, I might have, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, uh, cut that off. I have a lot of Catholic stuff, but you can't, it's almost, you can't keep away the other stuff. You, you know, you know, the other stuff just keeps coming on. <clears throat> and also I get these weird, weird, um, so-called friendships, which I don't want to have any, I, I don't even know the person, but they're like, they're sending me photos of themselves. Like, why do, why are you, why are they doing this? I don't even know that. But have you realize Instagram, Instagram basically just wants, just wants to get you addicted and, and social media is addictive. Social media is addictive. It's addictive garbage, but the, it, it does do good because there's a lot of Catholic stuff I like to follow. And there's a lot of <clears throat> interesting Catholic, you know, Christian stuff, not just Catholic, but there's Orthodox and it's very good. It's good for that, but it's just stupid. You know, a lot of the other stuff is just stupid. I mean, they, they, sh- there's these, like, they're supposed to be athletic stuff and it's practically borderline porn. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, basically. But it's also a distraction because it takes away valuable time. What, inst- what, what social media does is that that valuable time when you're on your break, those few minutes you have left, you have on your break, is valuable time for prayer. You see what I'm saying? That's... That's important. You should be praying. A few minutes of prayer, a few minutes of reading a gospel or a psalm is so important to the soul. It's so important to your to to, to that moment because you need that moment to practice prayer. Um, what's interesting also is practicing chastity chastity of the eyes i've learned a lot like from the manual on deadly sin making sure that you don't look at something like just looking at something is one thing seeing it but when you permit yourself to keep looking like whenever you see like modesty why do women why is modesty required of women first let's first acknowledge that a woman's body is beautiful. <clears throat> okay? Women, the figure of the woman, especially if this if the very beautiful woman who has a who takes care of herself and very attractive, they like to flaunt it. It's vanity. But it also the problem is even men can do the same thing for women if a man dresses immodestly. It can, it can go both ways, but one tends to lean towards one because art, you look, go to the museum, you'll see beautiful statues, paintings. Um, you look at a magazine, you can see how a woman's body is celebrated, is beautiful. Women's bodies sell. You don't see so many photographs of men. You see more photographs of women and more models of women. I mean, Sports Illustrated, right? the cover we've all of us guys have opened up the magazine and we've seen all these beautiful models athletes and sometimes they're they're there their woman's body is far more attractive you don't see a sports illustrated with men so much right it's mostly women okay and because it's it's an object of beauty it's a perfection made by god 
Now, the modesty part, because a woman's body can be used, women can, well, uh, women can admit this themselves, as a weapon. You could see it as, as a way of dra- grabbing attention, as a way of even taking attention from another woman, even demoralizing another woman. Especially if she's if she's more beautiful and she has a more superior body, whatever it is, we all know it. That's why modesty is often required, not just to protect the woman, but also to protect the other individual from falling into the uh, sin of lust. Okay, it's modesty is a safe a safety buffer for both men and women. Men should also dress modestly, as well as women should be. But chiefly, it does fall towards the women more. And that's because a woman is far more superiorly attractive. Okay, in, 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 by nature. Men can be, you know, like I said, it's true. Men can be just as, you know, in, in the same way. It's responsibility falls on them if they're a physically attractive man and they're they're um, they got a phys, uh, a physique that's uh, you know athletically attractive physique. It can be the same thing, but this is this is where chastity has to be practiced. It could, it has to be um, mastered, not obsessively, but in a way that is. Uh, responsible, responsible chastity, responsible modesty, responsible uh, behavior, okay? Not done uh, out of vanity, out of um, pride. It has to be done right. And this is where Lent helps us. Um, There's also, this is a suggestion I'm not a priest and I'm not a bishop and I'm not a spiritual director. But the rosary can be used you can pr- by praying, let's say there's also the seven the seven um a seven decade rosary chaplet where you focus on the sorrows of Mary. But I suggest there's another way we can also focus on Lent for um for uh uh Meditation, okay? Um, This is something I started doing. Taking the, the, um, the part where our Lord goes into the desert and he gets put to the test, he fasts. The first decade, Jesus goes into the desert and fasts, and then he was hungry. Then you have... The first temptation, uh, take this stone and make it into bread, where Satan tries to suggest that. Jesus overcomes him by saying, man does not live by bread alone, but must fast, um, you know, but, but lives on every word that commandment that comes out of the mouth of God. The second one is cast yourself from the pillar, from the column of the top of the temple which is not written that the angels shall protect you from gashing your foot against the stone. That, and Jesus said, do not tempt the Lord your God. And then the third temptation, oh, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world 
if you would bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall, give, shall you give homage. That's the third temptation. The fourth is not a temptation, but Jesus returns and John the Baptist sees him and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I always like that, that, that part. That's just personal. Now, that I think is helpful. It's not meant to, it's not a, 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 it's something to meditate on and you can do it as a rosary. You can do it as a rosary because we can, uh, I think Father Gall Calloway said it, it's meant to be mixed and matched. You can do your own if you're personal. It's not what you call can canonical, but there's nothing against the church. The church says that you can't do it. You know, there's even a, a, a rosary by this other priest, an article I preserved. Uh, I'm going to read it to you uh, next uh, soon, maybe this weekend. I'll try to do it. Where he takes the creation of the world, right? Creation of Adam and Eve, the fall of Adam and Eve, um, the birth of Cain and Abel, uh, the murder of Abel. That's the first part of the creation thing. And then he goes on. He can. He actually made a. He actually put together one where, um, the um, um, the early uh, we call Enoch. I think he might have been. And then he did the Noah, uh, the flood. And then he did the uh, the Tower of Babel. Um, you know, he did a couple of things, and he did the Call of Abraham. These were just meditations. Meditations on on the Bible. Because you can do it that way. So think of it. Use this Use this if it works for you. Jesus goes into the desert and fasts for 40 days and then was hungry. The three temptations. Um, the temptation to take bread. I mean, take stone and turn it into bread. To cast himself from the top of the temple. The temptation that. And then the, the te last temptation was... Uh, is the um, I will give you all the kings in the world if you fall down and worship me, and then the the return after his uh, to John the Baptist when he sees our Lord and our Lord came out from the desert, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and then he begins his mission. Then from there you can go back and you can do the luminous mysteries, which is uh, Jesus is is baptized and then the wedding at Cana. You can do that. You can do this throughout Lent. You can like each week you can focus on one, uh, on you know, on, on on a particular set of meditations until you lead up to Passion, the Holy Week. It's just a suggestion. All right, um, talk long enough on the introduction. Let's go and begin our our, uh, our prayer, our uh, readings. Okay. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. 
Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Glory be to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I think that might be the last time we might hear the Kiri, I believe, and I don't know, I think the Gloria? I, I know, I keep forgetting this. But it usually this is the I think it's done because of the it's to prepare us for mercy. It's to prepare us to show us God's mercy. You know, the the Kiri and I think the Gloria um is is all part of that. It's all part of like the 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 beauty of God's mercy. Why at Mass, I think certain things are omitted for certain liturgical seasons to prepare us, to make us desire and hunger for that mercy even more. Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure, but we're about to find out soon. All right, so um, I'm going to go to the first reading. It's going to be from Sirach, okay? Um, Sirach, chapter 27, verse 4 to 7. Uh, praise no one before he speaks. Okay, this is interesting. A reading from the book of Sirach. When a, a save is shaken, the husks appear. So do one's faults when one speaks. As the test of what the potter molds is in the furnace... So in tribulation is the test of the just. The fruit of a tree shows the care it, ha it has had. So too does one's speech disclose the bent of one's mind. Praise no one before he speaks, for it is then that people are tested. This is very good. This is very, very good. Okay, let's read it one more time. Sirach, chapter 27, verse 4 to 7. When a save is shaken, the husk appears. So do one's faults when one speaks. As the test of what the potter molds is in the furnace, so in tribulation is the test of the just. The fruit of a tree shows the care it has had. So, too, does one's speech disclose the bent of one's mind. Praise no one before he speaks, for it is then that people are tested. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
This is a very good book. Sirach, I think, is I I don't think it's read enough for um you know in in the church. It's a wisdom book. It's a um it's kind of like Proverbs, but it, it's 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 definitely uh there has been a Hebrew version that was found of it. And his actually um Sirach, uh son of Jesus, son of Yeshua. This is very interesting that the person's father is named Yeshua. So it shows you like the Holy Spirit's preparing for our Savior, Yeshua, Jesus. Um, we should actually get used to used to that name, the Hebrew version of Jesus more, because we should be. You know, our our faith is Jewish. We are uh Jewish. Christian, we are Jewish in a sense because our Lord is our Lord was is Jewish, and our our Holy Mother, our Blessed Mother is Jewish. The apostles were Jewish. Saint Joseph was Jewish. Our faith comes from the Jews, and we should be proud of that. And we should be, in a sense, more um, more familiar with that. The early church was Jewish. Now, a, sa a save. I'm not familiar with this word, but is shaken. The husks appear. It's obviously, it's ripened uh, a more, uh, I guess you could say, mature plant. And the husks basically come from um, a plant that is ready, ready to, ready for, for consumption, ready to be used for, uh, for, for food. Um, so to one's faults when one speaks, but basically... This is basically what he's saying here. Uh, with comparing to the husks, I'm guessing in the, this could be a plant that's not fully ready, but basically, in a sense that when one is is tested, and if one is not mature, and one is not wise, your faults are going to show. Your judgment is going to be shown is faulty. So you have to be. You, you have to be, in a sense, your, your, your intellect has to be tested. Your intellect has to be mature. You have to have someone, you must be someone who's experienced, especially when you're tested. And he goes on here, as the, um, as the test of what the potter molds in the furnace, so in the tribulation of the test of the just. Uh, a good pottery, a good mug, a good jug, a good plate, a good bowl, one sees if it's not done properly. If it's not done properly, it's put in a furnace and it's not molded properly. It cracks in the furnace because it's not evenly made. It's not well made. Uh, it shows the, the, uh, the carelessness or the imperfection of the potter, basically, because before he puts it in the furnace, he has to evenly make it. It makes sure that it's even, that it's even, that he used the right amount of water, the right amount of clay, and then he puts it in the furnace, and it and it make and it and it hardens properly, where there's no cracks. Okay, so it goes on. Uh, like it says here. The test of the potter and molds is in the furnace. So in the tribulation is the test of the just. So if uh, a just is a mature person of faith, a mature Christian, or at the time a mature Jew, when 
tribulation, meaning persecution or trouble within the community, comes in. Right? A Christian and everybody's faith is tested during trouble. And during that time of trouble, you're, you know, you, you'll be proven how you behave if you're, if you don't act rational, uh, irrational, or you don't act out of desperation, or you commit sin during persecution, and then you try to justify it. Okay. Everyone is tested in days of trouble. Everyone's faith is going, always going to be put to the test and God puts all of us to the test, not to hurt us, but to make us better, to show where we're weak. Everybody has to be tested. Financial times, health times, political times, you know, tragedies, everyone's faith is going to be tested. And it's not done to hurt us, it's done to mature us. Sometimes we think we, you know, we, we're, we're spiritually mature, but we're not. Okay. The fruit of a tree shows the care it has had. So too does one speech disclose the bent of one's mind. Okay, remember like in the first psalm, blessed is a man who, um, who walks in the Lord and who's, you know, who he's like a tree planted by a cool stream. His leaves sprout in due season and bears fruit all year round. <clears throat> Meaning the fruit, the fruit of your faith, the, the, the maturity of your faith, the strength of your faith. Everybody, like I said, has to be tested because God does not want to test us in order to hurt us, but he wants to test us so that we can grow more in faith. That's why. Okay. Um, so too does one speech disclose the bent of one's mind. We got to be careful. How we we got to be careful how we think and how we behave. I'm going to use this as an example. A lot of people may not like it. But yes, once in a while, we got to really uh, go into the realm of politics and our, and our leaders. I don't know if any of you has been paying attention, uh, especially what's going on with President Biden. You know, you go to past videos, past um, things he said in the past, uh, younger version, even not too long ago. He contradicts himself constantly. He, he says things and does things that are just scandalous. He says things that are scandalous and he's, you know, and, and I know a lot of people don't like this, but you got to, as Catholics, we got to address this problem. Our politicians who claim to be Catholic say and do things that are not Catholic. We have to address it. Joe Biden married, performed twice a same-sex marriage. All right? He's done it twice. He supports abortion. He has contradicted himself. He's received Holy Communion. Nancy Pelosi is a cat who claims to be a Catholic, and she has done things that are contradictory to the faith and therefore scandalizes it. 
And some of our bishops, I know some people are going to say, you can't. Say, yes, you can. You can. You can. You can address immoral behavior. We do not follow blindly and stupidly. We've had bad bishops many times in the past. We've had bad popes many times in the past. We don't have a right to call the pope a heretic. But if the pope tells you to climb up on top of a roof and jump, are you going to do it because he's the pope? No. You know that. You know you're not going to do that. If the Pope comes over to you and tells you, um, I want you to give me your wife for tonight. I like your wife. I order you as Pope to give me your, give me your wife. Of course, we all know that's not going to happen. The same way the Pope is not going to tell anyone to jump off a roof. And even if he gives you an order, you know you're not going to do it. Okay, but the point I'm trying to say is we can question. We can question. We can protest but only another pope has the power to condemn another pope and all i'm saying to you is that we're not told to blind to follow someone blindly and stupidly even our lord would question that remember he rebuked peter and he rebuked the other apostles but <clears throat> we have a right to question we have a right if you know your faith and you know something is a sin you don't keep quiet because we will be judged for that. Michael Voris is correct. Okay. We do have to address the elephant in the room. Our faith is in shambles. Our bishops are, are, on, are on the wrong side. And we're going to pay the price for that. Eventually. We're not told to, to, to follow sin. We're told to be faithful. And we're told to be saints. Even, even sometimes, if it means we, we have to reluctantly have a target on our back because of the times that we live in. Pope Francis is the Pope. The bishops are the bishops. But we have to, we have to address the elephant in the room. If there is a problem, we have to address it. So, I mean, you know... We, you know, we can't pretend that someone didn't say something stupid. We can't even pretend the Pope didn't say something that was contradictory. Okay? We can't even, we can't even pretend that our bishops didn't say something stupid. What about the sexual abuse crisis? Are you going to pretend that didn't happen? No. But we, we don't leave the church. We don't leave the church. I'm not telling anyone to leave the church. And I'm not telling anyone to, to call the Pope a heretic either. But we do have to address the problem, brothers and sisters. We do have to address the problem. We do have to approach it. We have to be smart. Faithful Catholics, but smart. Okay? We don't commit sin. We don't abandon the church. We don't scream and call the Pope a heretic. No. We're not Protestants, but we do, we do have to be obedient. And obedience sometimes means uh, shaking, you know, shaking things up by asking questions, keeping quiet, and keeping silent when sin is when 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 sinful behavior is being committed, even by our leaders, whether they happen to be secular political people, or 
cardinals or bishops or priests in the church, we have to shake things up. We have to ask questions. Or else one day, our Lord's going to say, why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you say something? All right, let's continue. All right, so it says here, uh, so too is one's speech discloses the bent of one's mind. Yeah, people like, People will expose their uh, their thinking. Sometimes their speech. I always heard a line someone say, pay attention to what someone says, but what someone's not saying is more important. All right. Praise no one before he speaks, for it is then that people are tested. Yes. Listen to what a person says and then test what the person is saying. And then, then then you know what actions to take. Okay, yes, let's move on now. Okay, Psalm 92. The Lord, Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Sing praise to your name, Most High, to proclaim your kindness at dawn and your faithfulness throughout the night. Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. The just one shall flourish like the palm tree, like a cedar of Lebanon shall he grow. They are planted in the house of the Lord, shall flourish in the courts of our God. Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. They shall bear fruit even in old age, Vigorous, sturdy shall they be, declaring how the just is the Lord, how just is the Lord, my rock in whom there is no wrong. Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. One more time. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, sing praise to your name most high, to proclaim your kindness at dawn and your faithfulness throughout the night. Lord, it is good to give, to give thanks to you. The just one shall flourish like the palm tree, like, like the cedar of Lebanon shall he grow. They that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. They shall bear fruit in, even in old age. Vigorous and sturdy shall they be, declaring how, the just, how just is the Lord, my rock in whom there is no wrong. Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. All right, first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 15, 54 to 58. God gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's begin. When this, which is corruptible, clothes itself with incorruptibility, and this, which is mortal, clothes itself with immortality, then the word, that is written shall come about. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be firm steadfast, always fully devoted to the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. 
Okay, one more time. When this which is corruptible clothes itself with incorruptibility, and this which is mortal clothes itself with immor immortality, then the word that is written shall come about. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be firm, steadfast, always fully devoted to the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The uh, Psalms are always good to remind us to always pray and worship God. It's always important. We should always give thanks and praise to God. And I think it's important also, like um, when I was reading in a Sirach, is that if we have problems with bad with bad habits, like talking, uh, we all have problems talking. We all have problems saying things that we shouldn't say and and maybe exaggerating about things and stuff like that. We've got to be careful because... And also worrying about things that we have no control over, especially when we're, when, when we're working with people, unfortunately. You know, at every job, there's always somebody that for some reason or other just is annoys us puts us to the test really 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 is just annoying and and get certain people get away with things like we always have someone like that at the job they get away with something and and our supervisors have a habit like you know when we work with supervisors or someone who for some reason let the other person get away with it They get away with it and nobody, you know, and, and the fact is, here's, think about it. I have no control of it. You have no control of it. None of us have control of it, right? We have no control over the other person. We have no control of annoying people. We only have control over ourselves. That's the only thing we have to do. And that's the problem when we work with other people when we have to deal with other people it's very difficult i mean imagine how the apostles what they had to go through they they had to go they had to deal with um the quirks and ticks and uh, com uh compulsive behavior of the other apostle you know their obsessive compulsive behavior, their bad habits, their bad hygiene, their their um, their jokes, someone else's bad jokes, <clears throat> someone else's laziness. Um, this is something that we got we got no control. You know, we we can't we have no control over it. We have no control over it. And I'm sure people probably also have complaints about us, or they don't like us for some reason that could be valid in their own head so we have to really endure it endure it 
And I think that's 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 a a good way of looking at it. Prayer is one of those things, and we should ask God for the grace to endure, to give us the grace to overcome this. You know, it's 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 like, you know, there are certain things about your family you can't change, and there are certain things you can only. The only thing is that you have control over is yourself. That's all that's left in the end of the day. And so therefore, if the other person is not aware of it, this is where I think the grace comes in. If you're aware of it and you're aware of what is required of you by God, then therefore you have been given the grace. The only problem was, is putting that grace to practice. I didn't think of it till now, but that's, that's true. If you're aware of what's going on and you're aware of the situation, then that's the first thing you, then right there, you have the solution. It's the fact that other people maybe are not aware or are only aware of the fact that they're taking advantage. If they're aware that they're taking advantage, then that's where the sin is. That's where the sin is. Okay, and so coming to Paul about the corruptible, the corruptible and the incorruptibility and the, and uh, and that part of us which is mortal itself uh, eventually will become immortal, but that only comes when I think when we are fully when we fully surrender ourselves to to God when we fully surrender surrender ourselves to our Lord. Then, when we are well aware that we have overcome the sin, then we can deal with it. Then we then we can move on, move forward, go to the next step. But we have to become fully Christ in our thinking, in our behavior. You know, we you know we are aware of our situation, and this is the only way we can do it. We have to surrender ourselves to His to His will, surrender ourselves to His grace, and and look at the world through His eyes and behavior. You know, I mean, I've been praying for more to love God more, to love Christ more. And, and, and that's, that's still hard. I think the fact is you have, we have to do that. I don't spend enough time in the blessed sacrament. I don't make enough time to be there at the blessed sacrament. And that's something, unfortunately, that, that I don't have, but, but, I can pray at home. I can pr- I can pray as I commute. I can pray on my on my break. And that's 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 where you have to put it to use. And I think this Lent, that's where I have to do it. But also, I have to be very charitable. Unfortunately, because remember, I'm at work, and even on my break, I can't get away from staff members. So I have to show some charity. Because that's where the situation where Christ is going to put me, right? So every little thing that comes along is an opportunity 
to be, to practice Jesus, to practice being Jesus. And then I think he will give us that. He will give us the time and he will give us the grace. He will reward us with it. But till then, we got to endure with the situation we have, right? All right, let's move on to the gospel. Okay, now the gospel antiphon. Alleluia, alleluia, shine like lights in the world as you hold on to the word of life. Alleluia, alleluia, shine like lights in the world as you hold on to the word of life. This is, uh, actually, I'm sorry, from Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. And the reading is from St. Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 6, verse 39 to 45. From the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. We're getting a lot of the stuff about how to be careful how we talk. Okay. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? No disciple is superior to the teacher. But when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove that splinter in your eye, when you do not even notice the wooden beam in your own eye? You hypocrite, remove the wooden beam from your eye first, then you will see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit, for every tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor do they gather grapes from brambles. A good person out of the store of, a, of goodness in his heart produces good, but an evil person out of a store of evil produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, one more time. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into the pit? No disciple is superior to the teacher, but when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the splinter in your eye when you do not even notice the wooden beam in your own eye. You hypocrite, remove the wooden beam from your eye first, then you will see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. A good teacher does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten teacher bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. Okay, by its fruit. For people do not, 
People do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor, nor do they gather grapes from brambles. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good, but an evil person out of the store of evil produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is probably, I think, pretty much similar to what we saw in um, Sirach. I mean, it, it obviously, the Holy Spirit guiding the church to compare these teachings. And you see all this Paul, when he talks about the corruptible and the incorruptible, the mortal and the immortality. And, um, and basically because we... We have to we have to be careful because we live in a look. Okay, notice a lot of times about talk and speech and and what you're saying and 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 and, and fruit and bad fruit and good fruit. We and we look what we're living in. We're living in the time of social media. We're living in the time where we want to be heard. We're actually we're actually encouraged. We're encouraged to express ourselves. And now we're also living in a time of censorship. Look at the hypocrisy. Because in many cases, I think they want us, and even though I'm doing it now with this podcast, they want us to express ourselves. They want to know who we are. And in many cases, they're also going around silencing people for expressing themselves, <clears throat> which is kind of odd, but in a sense, it kind of makes sense, really, when you think about it, because now, now we got like Catholic podcasts, we got YouTube, we got Ramble, we got, uh, we got Kindle, we got uh, even with Facebook and Instagram and, and Spotify and everything. Um, but here's the question. We also, what we really should be concerned with is that even though we're encouraged to talk, we should be careful how we say it. I'm, I'm trying to be consistent as much as I can possibly can on this podcast. I'm trying to be consistent. But also I have to realize that with all that's going on, like could be people who are listening, I'm also dealing with Catholics and Protestants on my podcast who could be listening. I'm also dealing with Muslims because I used to be a Muslim. I mean, I was born to Islam, but I wasn't a practicing Muslim. But here's the thing. As much as what I'm saying, I also got to be careful because I'm also dealing with a lot of, a lot of separate, a lot of division within Catholicism. There's a lot of pro-Francis. There's a lot of anti-Francis. There's a lot of, uh, Division within Catholicism. There's a lot of people who think the the set of my Latin's terrible. Anyway, the, the chair is empty. The chair is empty, where they believe there is no Pope. And that I don't want to. I don't want to get involved in that. I don't. I am not telling people to leave Catholicism, and I have never said that Pope Francis is not the Pope. Although the arguments are interesting, I have to say that the arguments are interesting, but I will never say. Pope Francis is not the Pope. Now, at the same time, do I believe Benedict is Pope? Yes, I do. But I believe he's Pope by the grace of his office. 
the other details, all the other theological and ecclesiastical legal arguments, I will leave them to the experts. I do not have time for that. I personally believe that we have to be faithful Catholics and remain in the church. We are called to be saints. We are called to be holy. We are called to know our faith. And the problem, regardless of what this oldest problem with the bishops, and I know I, I don't like a lot of the bishops. I don't like what the bishops are doing. I don't like the way the bishops are handling their parishes. But I have to be careful what I say. Also, I believe we have to remain faithful Catholics. We have to remain faithful Catholics and we need, we are called to be saints. We have to be faithful Catholics. We have to be faithful in the faith. We have to remain in prayer. Okay, we have to be careful of what we say. Also, on top of that, we got to be careful what we say even when we're dealing with people who are not faithful Catholics. We got to be careful what we say. We got to be careful how we talk. And we got to be careful we say the right things. We are called to be saints. And we are called to be faithful. And we are called to be loving. We are called to be Christ. Christ wants to bring people to salvation through us. And we can't do any of these things if we do not pray. You cannot gather good fruit from a thorn bush. And what is a thorn bush? It pricks, it's sharp, it hurts. Meaning you can't be a hypocrite and you can't be a spiteful person. You can't go around gossiping and maligning and, and saying bad things about another person's reputation. And trust me, I'm no different I'm not trying to be casting stones. We are all hypocrites. We are all backbiters. We are all sliders. And we have to learn how to deal with people. We have to learn how to deal with the difficulty, the navigation of life. Every single one of us are where God wants us to be. We could make it better by being holy and faithful. And we can't do that if we are not reading the gospel, praying, praying you know saying you're catholic and then dropping an f-bomb every, every single point of your language i have to endure people who don't practice the faith and they say jesus f and christ i've heard people say that and it drives me crazy it cuts to me when someone uses the lord's name in vain and i so i, I say a prayer for that person for forgiveness there are a lot of people who do that because they don't know it is a bad habit. They may not even realize they're doing it, but it's sad that they're doing it because you know why? Because the culture encouraged it. Don't use the Lord's name in vain and do not put an F-bomb between Jesus and Christ. First of all, don't even say his name like that. That is the name that is so precious, most holy, under heaven. There is no name in heaven or under heaven that brings salvation to the world but the name of Jesus Christ. You know, being the blind leading the blind is can be a self-righteous person and can be a hypocrite. 
It could be someone stupid. It could be someone claiming to be a leader. Whatever it is, it's, it doesn't matter. You don't want to be in that category. I don't want to be in that category. Um, and it's true. No disciple is superior to his master. No. But he says here, every disciple will be like his teacher, like his master. You're not looking to be superior to your master. You, you want to imitate your master. We want to imitate our Lord and we want to imitate the apostles. We want to imitate St. Paul. Um, the splinter and the big beam. That's a great one, right? You got a little speck and he's got a beam. And, and one of your friend has a speck and you have a beam. It means the beam obviously means that you're a bigger hypocrite. That's what he's saying. That's what Jesus is saying. You're, we, you know, you got a big beam in your own eye because you're a bigger hypocrite. That could be anyone. It could be any of us. It could be anyone. Okay, um, and then he goes on and like, you know, you were trying to help the other person, but everybody notices you're a bigger hypocrite because you got a big beam in your eye. You don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. Um, then he goes on, um, but first remove the beam and then you can help somebody. Then you can be justifiable to help somebody. But also you got to endure with the humiliation. You got to endure with the embarrassment. You got to do it sometimes when you fall and you try and you look, you come out looking like an idiot or a fool. You got to endure that. You got to endure that. And then goes on to say, um, a good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not pick figs from thorn bushes nor do they gather grapes from from brambles a good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good fruit but an evil person stores uh evil fruit out of the out of the fullness of the heart and out of the mouth he goes here from the fullness of the heart the mouth speaks so he's he's really warning us to be careful He's, he's telling us to really, really, all those things, all those things come out of bad sinful behavior, bad sinful habit, maliciousness, pride, vanity, and vindictive, vindictiveness. That's very dangerous. All these things are sinful behaviors out of pride and vanity and jealousy. You don't want to be there. This is what, this is the warning. Jesus is being very serious here. He's asking all of us to leave all these things behind. Abandon the world and follow him. Deny yourself and follow him. Purify yourself this Lent. Be serious about it. If you really want to be a Christian, remember, don't, you got to get rid of these things. We all got to get rid of them. This is the reason why there's so much evil in the world, why we're having war right now, this whole thing with Ukraine and Russia, why there's terrorism, why there's political unrest, why all these bad things are happening in Canada, why bad things are happening in the Middle East because of people's lack of desire to want to be holy. Evil behavior increases more evil in the world. Empty these things out and become a saint. Take Lent seriously this summer. You know, fast, don't hurt yourself, but do it as best as you can. You know, read more scripture, pray the rosary, find a spiritual book that's good, that you're comfortable with. Do the Stations of the Cross. 
read the gospels if you have to but do but do it with moderation fast with moderation drink lots of water i suggest water because a lot of us um we need you know we're not good when we dehydrate you don't want to faint but you know just take it seriously take lead seriously pray more i'd rather that you pray more even if you fa- if your fasting is not good it takes time for all of us to fast including for someone like me you know i got my own gluttony i got the word glutton comes from the word swallow whole from the latin you mean someone who swallows whole who takes it all in and doesn't you know uh, you know like greedily all right let's go end it here and let's go to the uh to the creed okay so let's move on i believe in one god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth of all things visible and invisible I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Okay, let's say uh, uh, Hail Mary for the Pope. Yes, Pope Francis, we're going to say Hail Mary for him. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. For Pope Benedict, Emeritus, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, we'll say a Pope, uh, we'll say Hail Mary for him. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Let's say a Hail Mary for Russia. Yes, we have to pray for Russia. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. Say Hail Mary for Ukraine. Okay. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. And let's say a prayer for the United States of America, including its president, President Joe Biden, even though we disagree with him. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, at the hour of our death. Amen. And we'll say a prayer for all of us for our personal, for our personal needs. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. And then we'll say uh, St. Michael for the, for the Holy Catholic Church and uh, all the churches, including uh, all the apostolic churches, Catholic, Orthodox, Coptic, you know, uh, Coptic, and in, including Protestant. We'll say for that. Uh, St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And then in our Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll try to get back with an episode for, uh, for Lent. Okay? God bless.